As a matter of fact, can we just say happy birthday, Pastor Shamika? Happy birthday. We honor you, Dr. Darius and Pastor Shamika Daniels. We honor you guys. Thank you so much for trusting me with this moment. Thank you guys. I love you guys. Thank you for everything that you do for me personally, what you do for my family, my children, my wife. I love you, and I'm so grateful that I get to serve Jesus and also do life with you guys. I love you guys, and I'm honored to be here today. Listen, we are in an incredible series. Are you enjoying this series? Come on, just, just wave at me. If you're watching online, put some fire in the chat. If you are enjoying this Air Force series, Pastor has been killing us. He has been killing us every week. He started this series out with Wake Up the Watchmen. Are the watchmen in the house today? He encouraged us to get on our post, to get in position because the enemy is coming. But when we're in position, it changes everything. And then he came the next week and knocked our heads all the way off and told the devil, don't cross this line. <laughs> Anybody drew a line in the sand and told the devil, no more. Uh -uh, uh -uh, uh -uh. We're not doing that anymore. And so I am grateful to jump inside of this series, this Air Force series with the third installment. Pray for your boy, but I do have a word from the Lord and I am excited to share it with you guys today. So let's do this. Let's just jump into this word. Can we jump into the word? Go with me to Acts chapter 16. Verse number 25. I was going to hold my iPad like my pastor, but I said, I'll mess around and mess up. And uh, so I'm going to keep mine on the table and uh, I'm going to do it like this today. <laughs> but yo, let me honor my beautiful, amazing, incredible, light-skinned girlfriend is in the room. Can y'all make some noise for my beautiful wife, Vanessa, who is in the room. I love you. Thank you for putting up with me and all of my drama. I uh, thank you. Um, but yeah, let's jump into this word. Acts chapter 16, uh, verse 25 is a very familiar passage of scripture. I know we have a lot of theologians in the room and who are watching online. You, brought, you guys can probably quote this scripture, uh, these scriptures by heart. Um, but let's read it together. Acts chapter 16, verse 25, the word of the Lord reads, About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying. Somebody shout praying. <laughs> and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, somebody shout suddenly. There was a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all of the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. Today I want to preach from a very simple title called Swing First. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm going to say it again for those of you who are watching online. I just want you to put it in the chat. I want you to tell somebody in the room that you're sitting beside, tell them, say, I'm getting ready to swing first let's pray father we love you we thank you we honor you thank you for this amazing moment god we are here today for you 
Um, your word is powerful. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. We give you permission today to do surgery on us. Everything that's not like you, cut it out today through your word. God, form us into the image of your son, Jesus. We want to be more like you, to be like Jesus, to be like Jesus. Oh, how we long to be like him. God, let this word transform us today. And Lord, I pray that you would use me. I'm just a little country boy. I can't do nothing without you. But with you, I can do anything. Speak now some wonderful truth that will change us and transform us. In Jesus' name I pray. We all said together, amen. Amen. Swing first. Now listen, I grew up in a, in a Christian home. A Christian home with two Y'all y'all can y'all can suck cuz y'all going to push me. <laughs> there we go. I grew up in a Christian home, right? Christian home with two amazing Christian parents, okay? My parents were saved, saved. As long as I've been alive, my parents have been Christians. I now I don't know if my mama used to twerk in the club. I don't know. I I don't know. I've, I've never seen that side of her. I don't know if she used to turn up and pop bottles. She very well could have, but I have never seen that. All I know is Deacon Galbraith and Mother Stella Galbraith. That's all I know. If you would ask me to describe my parents, I would describe them with a very popular Pentecostal phrase. I would tell you that my mom and dad, that they are saved, sanctified. Holy Ghost filled and fire baptized. Uh -uh. Got Jesus on their mind and that they are running for their life. That's how I would describe my parents. I grew up in a Pentecostal house, okay? I grew up where the atmosphere was very, very different than when I stayed at my friend's house. There were certain things that I could not do at my house, certain things I did not hear at my house and it wasn't because my parents were were perfect it was just because they loved God and they weren't gonna let me do any and everything but every now and again I had the opportunity to go stay at my cousin's house <laughs> anybody used to go stay at your cousin's house I used to go stay at my cousin's house now at my cousin's house it was a very different atmosphere because <laughs> my auntie if I was to describe my auntie, I would tell you that my auntie was not saved. Neither was she sanctified. She was not Holy Ghost filled or fire baptized. My auntie was what I like to call a good time. She, <laughs> my auntie was a good time. My auntie brought her good time with her. She didn't need you to help her. Anybody in the room, I, I bring my good time with me. I, I'm not waiting on you in and so that's, that's my auntie. My auntie was just a good time. There were some things that I could get away with at her house that I couldn't get away with at my house <laughs> because my mama would have knocked my head off if I would have been playing my Life After Death Biggie Smalls album in her house. We, see, we couldn't play cards and none of that. We, we were safe, safe. But at my auntie's house, we, we could do a little, it was a little different over there. There's some things that I could get away with that I couldn't get away with 
at my house. And one of the things that, that I loved about going over there was just the music. The music was just, was just different <laughs> at, my, at my auntie's house. And so what happened, what would happen is I would go over there on a Friday. We'll go over there on the weekend and on a Friday and we'll wake up on Saturday mornings. I don't know how you guys do it up north, but in the south, Saturday mornings were for cartoons and cleaning up. <laughs> Saturday mornings, you got up, you ate your bowl of cereal, you watched the Smurfs, watched Thundercats, and then you proceeded to grab that bottle of Pine Sol. <laughs> The brown bottle, the brown one, not, not the new one, not that blue stuff. I don't know what that is. You grab that bottle of Pine Sol, and then you grab the Clorox. Now, not Clorox clean up. That was for bougie people. You grab Clorox, two capfuls, half a gallon of water, and you got in that bathroom, and you got that ring out of that bathtub, and you scrubbed into the ring. That's, that's what we did, but while we were cleaning, we would listen to music. We would tell anybody still do that. You turn the music up. Y'all, 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 hold on. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> they see they grew up cleaning bathrooms. They grew up, the band grew up cleaning bathrooms. But listen, hear me, hear me at my mama's house. It was a very different atmosphere. When we used to clean up at my mama house versus my auntie house, it was two, two different types of music happening, right, right? So at my mama's house, when I grew up and we used to get up and clean up, I used to hear a different type of music like that. When I grew up at my mama house, I used to hear, Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, 99 and a half won't do. Lord, I'm running, trying to make a hundred, We used to be vacuuming in the floor, speaking in tongues. See, listen. <laughs> that's, that's what happened at my mama house. But now at my auntie house, she, she loved that old school R&B. <laughs> and at my auntie house, we get up and start cleaning up. It went a little something like this. It was like, it was like, it was like this. Girl, you know I, 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 I love you. No matter what I do, and I, I hope you understand me. Cause every word I say is true. Cause I, I thought y'all would say, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We are in a prayer series. And 90% of the room started singing soprano. Wait a minute. It was. But that, listen, it was two different environments. I heard different things. <laughs> Look at her. She's ready to go. She is ready to go, right? Listen, two different environments. I heard two different things. I saw two different things. Even, watch this, even when it came to conflict, my mom and dad told me, if you're at school and somebody rolls up on you and they want to fight you, you walk away, you don't get suspended, you, you go talk to the teacher, you leave because you don't want to get in trouble. But my auntie, my 
my auntie raised three boys and she told my cousins if anybody roll up on you and it looks like they want to fight you you don't even have to know if they really want to fight if it looks like they want to fight you and they roll up on you she told them she said you better swing first because she understood that the chances of you winning that fight grew exponentially if you were the person to throw the first blow. Now change, I don't know if you see where I'm going or if you catch what I'm throwing, but I need you to understand today that I come from Atlanta, Georgia to stir you up today because today I come to start a fight with the devil. I need the enemy to know that I'm not waiting on you to hit me but now we are getting ready to throw the first blow is there anybody in this room that's tired of the enemy hitting your children tired of the enemy hitting your family tired of the enemy hitting your joy hitting your peace hitting your business hitting your finances i want the devil to know today that today we're getting ready to turn the tables on them and we're getting ready to swing first everything changes when you throw the first blow the problem is, as believers, that we spend so much of our energy and so much of our time responding and reacting. Responding and reacting. We get sick, then we pray. Something happens to the marriage, then we pray. We lose our job, then we pray. Somebody shout proactive. It's time to get proactive. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm not waiting for the bottom to fall out. I'm going to get on my knees when everything's good. I'm going to pray when everything's all right. I'm going to pray when I got money and I'm going to pray when I don't have money. I'm going to pray when it's good and I'm going to pray when it's bad because huh, you got to understand that prayer is your weapon. You have the ability to throw the first blow. And we spend so much of our energy reacting and responding, not understanding that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. You are not going to win this battle by subtweeting. You are not going to win this battle by talking to your girlfriend on the phone. You are going to win this battle by praying to a God who can do exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Our problem, our problem, our problem, our problem is we approach prayer like a 12-year-old approaches having to clean their room. <laughs> We approach it like, uh, like my kids, you know, they don't want to do it, but they got to do it. <laughs> you know, if I force them, you know, and then if I don't force them, they won't do it. We approach prayer like a 12-year-old approaches cleaning their room. Here's my first sticky statement. Prayer is not a task. Prayer is a gift. Woo! I'm going to say that again. Prayer is not a task prayer is a gift I get to pray process this with me the God who created the heavens and the earth 
the God who said let there be light and there was light actually wants to have a relationship with my raggedy and he has given me given you this gift called prayer that gives me access to him prayer is not a task prayer is a gift as a matter of fact prayer is a privilege <laughs> the songwriter said what a privilege it is to carry everything to God in prayer and not only is it a privilege but my brothers and my sister prayer is a weapon it's a weapon it's a it's a weapon of mass destruction and if your life hear me if your life is going to shift from being reactive to proactive prayer has to be a necessity because some battles will not be won with your intellect I know you're smart yes you are you're smart, boo-boo. We get it. We get it. You've done a lot of great things with your intellect and with your mind. But we understand that that's ground game. Yeah, yeah. That's what our pastor had taught us. That's ground game. And we need ground game. Ground game is cool. But ground game gives you a limited viewpoint. Because there, you can only see so far on the ground. You can, there, there's so there. Your your view is so limited when you're on the ground. But what prayer has the ability to do is take you higher. Anybody ever flew before? You ever been? You ever flew? You ever been coming down out of the air into a city? The city looks totally different at 20,000 feet, at 30,000 feet. You're like, oh my God, that's over there. Oh my God, that's over there. Oh, I didn't know that that was there because your viewpoint is different when you, come on Air Force, your viewpoint is different when you are in the air because prayer changes your view. Yeah, yeah, prayer, say that with me. Prayer changes your view because when you, when you didn't get the promotion, right? You didn't get the promotion. It was time for you to get the promotion. It made sense for you to get pr the promotion. You busted your butt. You worked hard. You did everything right. And you were skipped over from the promotion. And that moment broke your heart. On the ground, you're heartbroken. On the ground, you're frustrated. On the ground, you're mad. But when you go to prayer, God will show you that I allowed them to skip you. <laughs> because you were content with being an employee and the promotion just made you a higher level employee I don't want you to be an employee I called you to be a boss and if I would allow you to get the promotion you will get settled in being an employee but see that's what prayer does prayer gives you another perspective he can talk to you on your knees he can talk to you when you're praying he can talk to you when you're in prayer prayer gives you a different view you thought it was meant to kill you you thought it was meant to destroy you but it was meant to make you it was meant to build you it was meant to fortify you prayer gives you a different view because prayer has no limitations prayer has no limitations your intellect limitations your degree limitations your education limitations but prayer has no limits and we we have seen we have heard 
our pastor preached these two amazing messages and one of the focal points inside of this series has, has been the picture of the watchman. The watchman, the watchman. He's both, both messages, he's talked about the watchman and that how important it is to be on our post. And one of the things I learned about the watchman is that, watch this, is that the watchman does not take his place when he hears that danger is coming. Yeah, yeah. The watchman does not get in place when he sees that danger is coming. The watchman is on his post at all times because, because you never know when the enemy is going to show up and he is banking on you treating prayer like that 12 year old has to clean his room. He is banking on you not making prayer a necessity in your life. He is banking on you not being in place so he can show up and do some things that he only can do when there's nobody watching on the wall. Thessalonians 5 verse 16 and 17 says rejoice always and pray without ceasing pray without ceasing now that doesn't mean you're going to pray all day every day you don't have the ability to do that you can't you got children you got a business you got a house you have responsibilities you can't pray all day but but what Paul is saying there is pray often and pray repeatedly pray often and pray repeatedly pray often and pray repeatedly why is this important this is important is because you have an adversary hear me who takes no days off and you cannot afford to be passive and to just be in chill mode and to be casual when you have the adversary who is trying to kill steal and destroy your life Peter puts it like this. Peter says, hear me. Peter says, be sober-minded. Be, watch this, watchful. Watchmen, be watchful because your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Whom he may devour, which means he can't get everybody. <laughs> Where my watchman at? Somebody say he won't get my children. Uh, uh I dare you to say he won't get my marriage. Oh, uh, he won't get my business. No, 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 no. He won't get my cousin. No, he won't get my family because I'm gonna be in place. He's seeking whom he may devour, which means he can't get everybody. But, but please allow me to bring balance balance to this because just because you pray doesn't mean that everything is going to be perfect I wish I could tell you that I wish I could tell you that when you pray it's going to be perfect I wish I could tell you that because there's a there's a young lady sitting in her apartment that's watching right now and she's like Todd I've been praying I've I've been seeking God I've been talking to the Lord and I'm in this situation that I don't know how to get out of there's a man that's watching right now he's like Todd I've been on my post man and this thing still ain't changing I've been praying I've been crying and I'm like God what is happening right now here's sticky statement number two and I'm gonna try to say this without speaking in unknown tongues but can hear me prayer does not prevent all bad things from happening to you but prayer can get you through all bad things I'm gonna say it for people over here right 
prayer does not prevent I wish I could tell you that prayer would prevent all bad things no it's going to stop some things yes it is but I wish I could tell you that prayer was going to stop or prevent all bad things from happening to you but prayer won't stop all bad things but prayer will get you through anything and I just want that young lady that's watching right now, I want you to understand that I know it's rough right now, but whatever you do, don't stop praying. What, whatever you do, don't stop praying. Whatever you do, because prayer may not have stopped it, but prayer is going to be the vehicle to get you through it. Can we just pause for the cause and give God praise for the fact that prayer is going to get me through it? Come on, right online. Just, just stop for a second and just give God praise. I know it don't look good. I know it don't feel good. But I refuse to stop praying because prayer is going to get me through this thing. Prayer is going to get me through this thing. He said no weapon formed. He did not promise it wouldn't form. The promise was it wouldn't prosper. The promise was it ain't gonna kill you. The promise is you ain't gonna lose your mind. The promise is he is for you and he's more than the world can be against you. I got a promise, that's why I gotta keep going. I have a promise, that's why I gotta keep praying. How? Don't give up, don't give up now. Whatever you do, don't give up now. Oh, I promise you, prayer is going to get you through this. Prayer is going to get you through this. You're getting ready to throw the first blow from here on out. Oh, and prayer will get you through. Woo, Jesus. Prayer. Prayer will get me through. So it's important. It's important that we stay alert on our post because if we fall asleep, it puts us back in a defensive position. And we've been playing too much defense, way too much defense. See, I grew up playing sports, right? Grew up playing sports. I, I played foot, baseball, football, basketball. Football was my favorite sport. I was more naturally gifted at football, but played basketball and I had an opportunity to start even when I was a senior had a chance to start on my varsity basketball team and um, I was very good defensively that's why the coach liked me that's why he let me start and I started over seniors oh when I used to go to practice I used to get looks Ooh, thought I was gonna get jumped one day I thought it was thought those boys were gonna jump me because they were so angry at the fact that I was starting and I was only starting because I was really good at, at defense. I could, I, could, I could get steals. The coach used to have me guarding the best player from the other team. I rebound. I brought a lot of energy. I'm a, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm a very passionate person. I'm very, very, I leave, how I leave worship is how I play defense. I was all over the place. I was just sweating just like that. <laughs> and, so, and so I was really good defensively. Um, and so the coach would, he allowed me to start and made some people mad because those guys, hear me, were better off offensively than me but they didn't bring what I brought to the table defensively and so the coach was like no nah, no nah, we need defense and so he started me now I used to start and it was all good when I was on defense I used to show up I used to smack the floor get rebounds scream ah but when I got on offense that's where the problem started 
because I was great defensively. Watch this. But I was a liability offensively. Where my boys? Come here, fellas. Come here, fellas. Let me, let's do this. Watch this, right? So we're playing ball. You come right here. Come right here. Yeah, right here, right? You come right here. All right. So you're guarding, right? So what, what, what would happen, what would happen when we got to the other side, the other side of the floor and I was on defense, uh, when I was on, I'm sorry, when I was on offense, the other team had an advantage. Though I was great defensively, though I was great at reacting and responding, when it came to the other side of the court, I then became, let me see the ball. Joe, this is when I wish I had that uh, lavalier-like pastor right now, so I could use both of my hands. But watch this, when we got on offense, they would throw me the ball. And when they threw me the ball, the defense knew he ain't going to do nothing. So I, watch this, I would throw the ball to my teammate. And what would happen is the guy that was guarding me leaves me to go double team my teammate. Me being a liability offensively now makes it harder for those around me. Listen, he can't go anywhere. He can't do anything because the person that was guarding me is now guarding him. Ah, but when I have an offensive game, it keeps this man honest. But when we do not have a proactive prayer life, we allow the enemy to double team our children, to double team our finances, to double team my marriage. But, but, but listen to me, not after today. Not after today. Somebody shout, I'm getting off. Watch this, watch this, watch this. My coach, he told me, he told me after one game, he said, Todd, he said, hey man, you gotta get you a jump shot. He said, they're leaving you open. He said, but you got to understand that when you get a jump shot, what it does, it keeps the defense honest. Because now, here we go, when I get the ball, this man can't leave me and go double team somebody else because now he understands that I'm a threat. Thank you, fellas. And today is the day that we let the enemy know, ain't no more hitting on me. Ain't no more attacking my family. Today is the day that I get offensive. I'm not waiting on you to show up. I'm coming after you now. I'm praying to a God who can fix it. I'm praying to a God who can heal it. I'm praying to a God who can restore it. I'm getting on offense now. He told me. He said, you better get a jump shot because it keeps the defense honest. Are you allowing the enemy the ability to double team other areas of your life because you have spent your life reacting to everything he's doing versus you being offensive and saying, no, 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 I'm not waiting for something to happen. I'm swinging first. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. And so we get to the text. We see Paul and Silas, verse 25. That's verse 25. Paul and Silas prayed and sang praise unto God. And the prisoners heard them. And suddenly there was an earthquake and the doors swing open. That's, that's like, that's like the, the, your favorite part of the song. 
Anybody got a song? It's like, you know the chorus. The chorus is your favorite part. So everybody likes to sing that part of the song. That's the prisoner late in the midnight. Everybody loves that part of the song because it's exciting. Chains are falling off. There are earthquakes. It's amazing. It's incredible. We love this part of the song, but we don't understand how did they get there and not only how did they get there but how did they have the ability to sing and pray in jail <laughs> so you have to understand that the whole chapter 16 the bible gives us glimpses to let us know that paul and silas were men of prayer they just didn't show up praying in jail they were men of prayer. The Bible says, I think it's verse 13, Acts chapter 16, verse 13, they were, they were going to the place of prayer. And then it slips over into Acts chapter 16, verse 16, they were on their way to prayer. The Bible gives us this story to let us know um, at the top of the text that Paul and Silas were men of prayer. They were always on their way to prayer because you can't get into a jail cell and start singing if praying isn't a part of who you are. Hear me, listen, listen, listen. Paul and Silas, okay? How did they get in jail? Paul and Silas were walking around. Verse 16, they were on their way to prayer. They meet this woman. She's what we would call a psychic. And she follows them and follows them and she taunts them and she taunts them and she taunts them. And so Paul says, okay, I'm sick of you. And can I pause right here and say, some of y'all ain't tired enough yet. I hear you, Holy Ghost. Some of y'all... You're not tight. My mama used to tell me, my sister, God rest her soul, my sister, uh, my sister Val, oh, I miss my sister Val. Um, my sister Val used to do some crazy stuff. That was my girl. And we, my mama used to say, some my, my people used to be like, you need to go get Val, you need to go get Val. And my mama said, uh-uh, I'm not going to get her because she ain't tired yet. <laughs> she said, if I go get her now, she'll go right back to it. <laughs> He said, but when she gets tired, she'll do something. And the problem with some of us, we're not tired yet. We're, we're content with the enemy beating on us. We're content with living in depression. We're content with living in poverty. No, 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 no. Your life was never meant to be like that. Some of you just need to get tired of where you are and do something about it. Paul, Paul got tired of this lady yelling at them and following them around until one day he says let me pray for you in the name of Jesus come out of this girl and now it freed her it freed her now watch this quick story Paul and Silas they freed a the girl the girl works for some people uh, she works for some people so they are profiting off of her oppression don't let people profit off of your oppression don't have time to do that. But listen, they're profiting off of her oppression and they get mad when they find out that the girl is free. They get mad, mad. They go and snatch Paul and Silas up and they bring them before the magistrate and they're like, yo, these dudes are doing this stuff. Uh, uh, they're off, they're wrong, they're stopping, blah, blah, blah. Everybody gets mad. They find Paul and Silas guilty. And watch this, two grown men are stripped naked publicly and they are beaten with the Bible says many blows they are beaten like dogs in the street they are beat 
down in the street and then they take these naked men and they drag them and they don't throw them just in jail the Bible says that they put them in the inner prison now this isn't a correctional facility in upstate New York okay they don't have TVs out there there are no gyms sitting outside and weight benches there is no area to go smoke cigarettes in this is a nasty dirty inner prison where it is dark there are rats there is urine and feces and rat feces it stinks it's nasty it's dirty and two men are thrown in there naked and beaten and their feet are, they're chained down and they are laying in a mess it is disgusting come on let's not sanitize this they are naked they are beaten all for helping somebody get free they are in this prison they are broken they are in this prison and it is a mess and here these two men are sitting there next to each other and now they have to make a decision now they have to make a decision here we go I'm closing right here I'm going to show you the power of proactive prayer I'm going to show you what being proactive in your prayer life I'm going to show you what it produces watch this the first thing that prayer produces that a proactive prayer life produces is freedom somebody shout freedom <laughs> prayer produces freedom not just for you but for those around you uh, the woman we just saw Paul got aggravated with her and he prayed for her he said uh, come out devil come out some of you the reason why your prayer life is so weak is because it's so inconsistent Jesus watch this Jesus there's a man that came to Jesus in Mark I think it's Mark 9 he came to Jesus and said look man my son my son has a demon in him and I brought him to your disciples and your disciples could not help him and you know the story Jesus cast out the devil talks about faith and the Bible says that his disciples put him over to the side and was like yo Jesus so how were you able to cast this demon out of this boy but we couldn't do it he looks at them and says something he says something uh, he says this kind goeth out but by fasting and what praying there are certain freedoms you will not walk in until your life is filled with prayer and fasting there is a freedom that you will not experience because some things only happen through prayer and fasting could it be that you're still in that struggle because you don't pray enough could it be that the fight is so hard because you don't pray enough because I, I, I didn't say this earlier I should have said it earlier but it's, this is a great spot right here prayer is so important because it does produce freedom but this is this is one thing about prayer that I think we we discount so badly prayer is the place woo, where God puts his nature on you oh God prayer is the place where God puts his his character on you because you cannot spend a significant amount of time with anybody and not pick up some of their characteristics 
Show me your best friend. Show me your best friend. Show me the person you talk to every day. I promise you there are certain things y'all say alike. There are certain things y'all do alike. There are certain little nuances that you guys have because you're talking. You're, and that's prayer. That's prayer. Oral, written, or mental. Pastor just told us that. That's prayer. We're talking to Jesus. That's all prayer is. It is not complicated. We, it is talking to Jesus. And the more I talk to Jesus, the more he talks to me. And the more I'm in his presence, the more he puts his nature on me because prayer produces freedom. Second thing prayer produces, hold on, I'm getting ready to get you out of here to Cheesecake Factory, getting ready to get you to your brunch. Hear me, prayer produces foes. <laughs> when Paul cast that demon out of that girl, he automatically had enemies. Let me tell you something. Anybody, anybody ever say, I'm getting ready to lose weight? I'm getting ready to lose weight. And that week, it's everybody's birthday at work. It's cake everywhere. I mean, every time you turn, somebody got red velvet and chocolate. Girl, we got cup there are cupcakes in the break room. Girl, you know it's Tamika's birthday. It is every time, every time, every time, every single time. Same thing with prayer. The moment you say, I'm getting ready to shift this thing, the enemy is getting ready to try to put so many distractions. He's going to try to make you feel it doesn't mean that much. It ain't going to do that. It ain't going to affect you like that. There will be opposition the moment you decide to pray and swing first because the enemy, hear me, does not want you to be free. He's fighting you so hard because he knows that the result of a proactive prayer life produces freedom. And the most dangerous person to the devil is a free one. When he was bound, he didn't mind. When you were bound, he didn't mind you coming to church. When you were bound, he didn't mind you showing up for worship. When you were bound, he didn't care if you came out for, for, for the institute to get your leadership training. He didn't care. But the moment you got free, the moment you walked away from that bad relationship, the moment you told the devil, I'm not doing that no more, he begins to fight you, to knock you off, to try to pull you back, but whom the sun sets free. I'm wondering, is there any free people in the room right now? I know that there are some people who are bound in here, and that's okay. There's a few of us who are free, and we want to let you know that if you ever get free, it'll change everything in your life because the enemy does not like a free person. I'm almost done. The third thing, the third thing, and the final thing, that prayer, that a proactive prayer life produces is fortitude ah! I feel like running I really do I feel like running fortitude is defined as courage in pain or adversity a prayer life will fortify you because you cannot be dragged in jail beating like a dog have stocks on your feet where you cannot move and get into that situation when you know you have done nothing wrong 
and make a decision that even in this hard place, I'm going to still talk to Jesus. Paul and Silas are in jail. Verse 25, they have come through this horrific, traumatic experience. And they are now locked up. And I can imagine that Paul is looking at Silas and Silas is looking at Paul and says, yo, this might be a good time to do what we do. Hear me. If prayer is not a part of the fabric of who you are, you get to this position and your default is not prayer. It's not singing. It's why, God? Your default is why are you allowing this to happen to me? I've served you my entire life. I was doing the right thing and now I'm here. I was, I was, I was doing it the way that Pastor Darius told me to do it and now I'm here. How did I end up here? How did prayer lead me here and so they're in this situation and the Bible says and at midnight now Paul and Silas don't have a watch on it's dark they don't know what time it is all they know is that in this moment I gotta do what got me here because listen prayer is what got them locked up and I just believe that if prayer got them, I believe that they believe that if prayer got me locked up, then prayer is going to be the vehicle that get me out. And the Bible says that Paul and Silas begin to pray woo, and sing praises unto God. And the Bible says, hear me, that the Bible says that they were singing praises unto God and the prisoners were listening to them. I promise you, there is somebody that's listening to you. There's somebody that's watching your life. There's somebody who's waiting on you to respond the right way. Because when you respond the right way, not only is it going to free you, but it's going to free your babies. Well, not only is it going to free you, but it's going to free your family. Not only is it going to free you, but it's going to free those who are connected to you. The Bible says that Paul and Silas begin to pray and sing praises unto God. And the Bible declares that the prisoners were listening to them. And then suddenly there was a violent earthquake and the foundations of the prisons were shaken. And at once the prison doors swung open and everyone's bands were loose. I got one question for you today, change. And I'm going to my seat. The Bible says that they prayed and then suddenly. I want you to know that when you have a proactive prayer life, it will fortify you to the point that it doesn't matter what you find yourself in. When you're fortified, it gives you the ability to pray until suddenly. And I'm wondering, is there anybody here that has enough in you to pray until you get to your suddenly, until you get to your miracle, until you get to your breakthrough? Is there anybody here that says, I'll keep praying until I see it. I'll keep praying until my son comes home. I'll keep praying until my daughter is healed. I'll keep praying. Oh, 
ages until it breaks until I'm free I'll keep I'll keep praying change family whatever you do don't stop praying don't stop praying don't stop praying I promise you he's gonna come through and it's gonna happen suddenly Suddenly, suddenly the change fell off. Suddenly, they didn't even expect it. It happened suddenly. Suddenly, suddenly, suddenly. seconds and praise him because suddenly is on its way to your house y'all too casual I mean right in your living room just have a fit just just pray because suddenly is on its way to your house I'm done. The enemy. This is why prayer is so important. Because the enemy knows that suddenly follows the prayer. The enemy knows that if he can stop you from getting on your knees, he knows if he can stop you from calling on Jesus, it'll keep you in that prison. But when you begin to pray, suddenly follows your prayer. He knows that a suddenly is on the way to your house. You... That's why, that's why he fights you so hard. Bro, bro, that's why the battle is so intense. Because you've been, you've been working your ground game. And the enemy knows that if you ever develop a proactive prayer life, he knows that suddenly is the fruit of it. That's why the battle has been so hard. That's why it's been so intense. Even inside of this series, I bet you a lot of you have begun to face opposition the moment this series has started because the enemy is trying to combat prayer because he knows that the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous availeth much. He does not want you to pray because the, the fruit of prayer is suddenly The enemy does not want you to pray. He wants you to be content with just being a believer. A believer on level one or level two when God wants you to thrive. He wants you to be content with just having the Lord in your life but not you giving him all of your life. The enemy fights prayer 
so hard because he knows that prayer brings a radical shift that changes everything forever. Do me a favor if you're at home, grab, grab, grab your children by the hand. If you're here with your wife or someone you came with, you can grab them or just, let's just take a moment. I believe that prayer still works. Yeah, 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 the, the master classes are good, yeah. Going to school is good, yes. Having plans and strategies are good. But it all means nothing if it doesn't include him. Unless God builds the house. They that labor, labor in vain. Bring him to the table. Not my will, but your will be done. Suddenly, suddenly. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus. God, I just, I thank you for the strength. I thank you for fortitude to keep praying when it looks as if nothing is happening. To pray when we don't feel like it. I thank you that today we have made a decision that prayer will not just be optional, but prayer will be the foundation of our life from here on out. That we are going to pray without ceasing. We're going to pray often and repeatedly. And we're going to watch you do some things that the enemy has told us will never happen because suddenly will be the fruit of our prayer. And I thank you. I'm just froggy enough to believe that before we get to next Sunday for some people watching now, that there are some things that are getting ready to shift and break and happen as we pray, as we in touch and agree. You said you would be in the midst. And God, I just joined my faith with my sister and I, I join my faith with my brother and I choose to believe that suddenly is getting ready to be their normal that God you're getting ready to, be, to do some things that the enemy told them would never happen that freedom is getting ready to hit their house that joy is getting ready to hit their house that healing is getting ready to hit their house that new strategies are getting ready to hit their house that new business ideas are getting ready to hit their house let suddenly be our portion today and we thank you for it now that we are going to pray like the old folks say we're going to pray until something happens we trust you and we believe you that today is the day that everything changes because today I swing first God bless you change <laughs>